Healing with Raymond and Billy. 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 Hello, everyone, and welcome to Healing with Raymond and Billy. I'm Raymond. I'm Billy. And I'm Billy's gallbladder that was recently removed, and I'm joining the conversation today. Rip. (laughs) 2019. I didn't tell you we were having a surprise guest today on our show. (laughs) Because today, yes, um, we we mentioned in another episode that Billy had a procedure this year and luckily came through it with flying colors. Your gallbladder did not, unfortunately. Your gallbladder is... We lost uh, one. Has crossed, crossed the river to the other side your 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 gallbladder oh. is on the rainbow bridge <laughs> it sure is i don't mean that disrespectfully i mean i really feel like we should have the amount of fondness for our organs that we do for our companion animals right i miss it every day <laughs> so, yeah so um yes i actually have a lot i feel like a lot of people in my life have uh, had their gallbladder removed recently in the past couple of years and i think yeah it's a little it's bit a just because yeah i think also like i'm middle-aged and that tends to be like it, it tends to be something that happens <laughs> yeah. you're a little young i gotta say for getting your gallbladder out you're an overachiever um, I, I know <laughs> i'm just so wise that's why it's true my body was like you know what let's just pop this out we're done with this yeah, <laughs> yeah. i've made all the decisions of my life and i'm done uh, absolutely <laughs> i'm done yeah oh my goodness um so uh gallbladder gallbladder meridian what the gallbladder in western <laughs> medicine oh wait no wait i gotta i gotta start with the location of the meridian because i feel like i'm most mm. excited for this one because i feel like in some ways it could be really it it is really hard because it's a massive meridian that starts at your head and goes all the way to your toe but i feel like yeah. it's really easy to kind of hit it with your full hand so if you imagine you take both your hands and you kind of start just like on your temple by your eyebrow and then you almost take both hands and rub it across the side of your head like like you're a greaser in the 50s and you're like smoothing your hair back into like, you know what I'm saying, right? Yeah. So you do that and then you go down and back the back of your head and the back of your neck because the gallbladder kind of hits that same point at where your neck and um, uh, your all those like the cervix and your, your, where your skull rests lightly on top of your spine. Um, that bladder point we talked about um, the last episode, there's also some gallbladder points right next to it that are really powerful. So then it kind of goes down and we're going to actually jump and if you kind of put your hands underneath your armpits on your rib cage and then just kind of shimmy down the side of your body all down your hip it kind of dips a little bit back a little bit into the buttocks and then it comes back down just really down the sides of your leg right that it band and then all the way past your knee all the way down the sides to the side of your ankle and then it ends um on is it your pinky toe or is it the one next to it? I can't remember. It's the one next to okay, it. Yeah. yeah Cause the, the ring, the ring finger of your foot, <laughs> your, your, your ring toe. <laughs> oh my God. Oh. I just, I'm laughing cause I know someone has gotten married and put rings on their toes. Right. Like that has to have I'm happened. <laughs> has to have happened. <laughs> I couldn't have just thought of that. That obviously has happened. And so please, please someone email us if you got married and send photos of your toe rings. I would make that be, make me happy. Um, cause why not, you know, <laughs> uh-huh. why not? Um, yeah. So the gallbladder runs, it's right down the side of your body and it's the, it's a channel that connects the top and the bottom. A lot of times we've been 
talking about meridians that are mostly located in like the arm or mostly located in the leg. So this is one of the few that really like has big main points and main channels all the way around. It's, um, it kind of, it connects the front of your body with the back of your body as well. And so that's one thing I really like about the channel um, as far as using it, using it as a tool um, in my shiatsu work. Um, one of the, now the gallbladder is um, paired with the liver meridian and the two of them make up the wood element. So we're gonna talk about the wood element today, which I'm very excited about. We can finally talk about wood. Um, and it's the yang um, organ is of the paired. So liver is the yin wood and gallbladder is the yang. But it's interesting because it's still, it's an organ that stores bile. And so in Chinese medicine, most of the yang organs aren't, they don't store things or they don't hold things. That's considered a little bit more of a, a yin characteristic. But um, in the case of liver and gallbladder, the gallbladder does actually kind of hold on to some of the bile that helps the liver um, to digest. It releases it so that the liver can digest fat. So that's one of the things that from sort of the Western perspective, um, the gallbladder is really useful for. Um, and so for some people that uh, after they have surgery, they often have to kind of change their diet a little bit because their body might have a harder time breaking down certain fats and things like that. <laughs> yeah. Right? Raises my hand. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was like, Billy, <laughs> Billy, would you like to talk about... I don't want to put you on the spot <laughs> if you don't want to talk about it. But... Some people might. <laughs> right? <laughs> I think probably most people have to change it like after, right? But oh, I, yeah. I, I don't think that... I think that sometimes, I mean, there's, it seems a little bit like people seem to be a little bit more predisposed to call gallbladder stuff. So there's maybe a little bit of genetics, maybe a little bit of situation, maybe probably a little bit of environment, which also includes food we eat. But um, I also, I just wanted to be clear that don't be like, oh my gosh, I eat so much fatty food, I'm going to lose my gallbladder. Like it's not, it's not, it's not a one-to-one -one ratio, people. Right. <laughs> like it's right. okay. Um, and if anything, you know, maybe you should be like, I should eat some fat because one day I might not have my gallbladder and I won't be able to eat this. <laughs> especially especially if you're under 30, <laughs> eat some fat. <laughs> mm -hmm. Right. Oh. But yeah, there's a lot of different reasons that kind of lead to it. And it is a very common procedure to have to, you know, for your gallbladder to get inflamed and to have to have it taken mm -hmm. out. But as, yeah. I, as I did say to Billy Jane's, like, they can't take your gallbladder meridian. They cannot extract that from your body. So, and I'm holding on to that. <laughs> <laughs> what do you um, What do you think about the gallbladder radium when 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 it comes up? What are what are your first uh, ideas around it? Well, beyond grief, um, oh, interesting. That the loss have, of oh, the my oh the grief of your gallbladder. <laughs> I was like, really? And then I was like, oh, you didn't mean. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, honestly, I I. We talk about the gallbladder a lot in our medicine as being kind of this pivot because it's on the side of your body. Yes. It's almost like a door, like for a door jam where the door can swing, like a door that doesn't just close in one direction, but right. can swing the in both directions. The kitchen door that swings back yeah, and forth. Yeah, totally. And that's kind of what that gallbladder is. So it's about like the idea behind it. It's about like transitions and, you know, the ways that essentially we kind of pivot around decisions in our life or um, also kind of this idea of courage which is this like underlying 
um, emotion that's tied to the gallbladder of like how when we are navigating transitions, which life is just a series of transitions, how how are we navigating that? Um, and so that's like very much like the energetics of the gallbladder, um, from like that standpoint, but then there's also the, like the musculoskeletal standpoint, which is like the gallbladder is like generally place where people hold a lot of tension. So like the masseter muscle and the size of the head, the temporalis mm-hmm. muscles of, into like, the neck, headaches, I feel like are very exactly. Totally, because you have this, you know, GB20, which is this point that's essentially behind your ear at the base of your skull. And if you press that, that's where a lot of tension builds up that often creates this referral pain that people are feeling pain in their eyes or on the side of their head or in their forehead. But it really is about that tension from where the trapezius muscle attaches at the base of the skull. Um, and that's related to our next point, GB21, which is at the, the shoulders where people hold a lot of their stress, yeah. uh, which is also the trapezius muscle. So, but as you move down the body, there's a lot more like structural stuff, um, that the gallbladder is associated with. So it's a really, I feel like a very profoundly used, like, meridian for all kinds of stuff like i use it a lot yes uh so those points that you were talking about on the shoulder i think of a good way to that you can kind of reach them in gentle ways with um with someone's permission is that if they're sitting on a chair and you're kind of standing behind them and if you think about placing your forearms kind of just lightly on their shoulders so that kind of right between the end of the shoulder and between the neck and kind of just you don't even have to like mush down like don't try and press too much of your whole body weight but just kind of like let your arms kind of sink down into that point and usually just if you kind of bend at the waist a little bit that provides some nice kind of deep perpendicular pressure that most people find really Mm, nice if they're having some sort of like a lot of neck and shoulder tension that's kind of leading to headache pain and stuff like that it's kind of a nice way to kind of do a little makeshift shiatsu that's not too hard on your body because you're basically just kind of standing behind someone and gently leaning forward with your forearms and it provides just a lot of nice relief to the receiver as well um and there was something else that you were talking about that i can't remember what you were oh decision making yes so that is definitely what i um think about so much with is the you were talking about that decision making and like sort of taking a stand um and so like Mm -hmm. i think about that phrase like oh you have a lot of gall like you have a lot of sort of courage mm -hmm. and and so that sort of association so we talked a little bit about Mm -hmm. there's other decision making meridians like different roles we talk about sifting and sorting of small intestine but i feel like the gallbladder is the person who like announces the decision so there's like other there's a lot of mechanisms to sort of weigh things and figure it out and then the gallbladder is when it finally becomes down to like okay we're gonna stand in place and we're gonna hold our boundary and this is what we're gonna do and we've made this sort of decision so it's like that sort of final act of the actual deciding um and yeah that that part about oh it's the part about pivoting in the body that's the other thing too is that um anytime when people are having problems with either moving to side to side or one side of their body is having something and the other isn't or sometimes it may be like their right side is bothering and then their left side and it keeps moving 
um, in Chinese medicine, we call that a wind pattern. Like if, if the pain is kind of moving around the body, then it's more, it has a wind cause versus um, a heat or a stagnation, for example, is obviously just going to stay in one spot. But wind, winds tend to be um, pain that kind of radiates or, or, or moves around the body. Um, and gallbladder channel is a great for kind of addressing that. And if I had to sort of give just like a 15 minute shiatsu session to someone, like if I had, or if I had to give like the same 15 minute shiatsu session to people like all day, I think I would probably um, t do the Shaoyang Meridian, which the Shaoyang mm. is the combination of triple heater and gallbladder. So that mm -hmm. those paired meridians, like you were saying, when you said like, it is such a powerful meridian and you can access so many different things. Um, and because, like I said, like to, to start, because it connects the front and the back of the body, it connects the top and the bottom. It's just kind of like mm -hmm. if I had just one meridian that I was going to rebalance and infuse and do all that good stuff and trust that it would sort of radiate through the other mechanisms of the body, then gallbladder might be it. It's kind of a, it's kind of a workhorse superstar of the meridians. <laughs> you know, I have to agree with you because uh, especially like the way that we use some of the, the, like the Shaoyang meridians, like for example, when it's paired with uh, the Sanja, like we talked about with the gallbladder, that's also some points are actually open, opening up like this kind of belt that we have around our waist uh, so that like energy can flow yeah. from top to bottom internally as well. So I use that combination a lot too. So I would definitely have to agree with your statement about, I feel like gallbladder kind of Xiaoyang always kind of makes it into any of the work I do. Cause it's just such an important part of connecting. Yeah. Is that like the the girdle vessel or is it kind of different? Than, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So for listeners, we have this, we have this thing called the Daimai. Yes. Which I can is, remember the official name. I can only remember the, the, the girdle vessel. Yeah. Girdle vessel. It's a good one too. Like each of our vessels actually have, well, most of them have like a secondary name. So we have the Ren channel, which is one that runs up the front of the body and then they that is also known as conception vessel um and then we have you know the dew channel which runs up the back and that's known as the governing channel and then we have this one called the daimai which runs kind of as though where your natural waste is basically it runs across there that one is called the girdle vessel and that one is all about kind of sometimes we can have like restriction or constriction in the abdominal area where things aren't able to flow top to bottom so you might have like cold legs but warm upper body yeah. or you know just things are not flowing right in the abdomen just go ahead and open that sucker up and let it flow <laughs> just let it flow just just open up your belt let and let flow. it out <laughs> yes <laughs> man you know i um i am a shiatsu therapist and for many years i well not for many years i've lived for a while in a buddhist temple so i was a meditator i was a freelance writer i was a shiatsu therapist the point of all this is i wear a lot of soft elastic waistband pants <laughs> and they're all related to these these careers and these callings right these are and i don't think that's a mistake <laughs> and whenever right. i go back to like wearing real pants, you know, and, um, and it's not even about them, like not fitting, like they fit, but just because there's still certain restrictions. So like, 
if I may be sitting in a, in a chair for a while, like I'm at dinner or I'm at a meeting or I'm at some place, you know, and then afterwards, like I'm coming home and I'm just like, oh, I feel so weird and I feel so terrible. And am I coming down with something? Is a migraine starting? Like there's a lot of different things that sometimes I get little yeah. warning flags. I'm like, uh oh, what's happening? Oh, yeah. And then I like kind of get in the house and I hydrate and I take off my pants and put on soft pants and I'm like, oh no, I'm fine. And I was like, I think it was sort of the, I was like, oh my gosh, is my girdle vessel is being constricted and I can't, you know, or it's like totally the button is kind of pushing into some, some point in some sort of like slightly painful way. And so many of those points, like you were talking about these, these extraordinary channels, that's the sort of broader category of some of these things that Billy was just talking about with the, the governing and conception and all that. Like, yeah, they're running right down, you know, through your, along your sternum, through your belly button, down all that, like right basically where belt buckles and all that are happening. So um, I think that we have a lot of, uh, we have so much baggage around our abdomens, right? You know, as far as mm -hmm. the shape of them and the softness of them and, um, the vulnerability of them and, and things like that. And, uh, and it kind of makes sense that we should be protective of them because there is a lot of powerful energy happening there. A lot of amazing organs that are very important that we have developed bones in our rib cage to protect, you know, and things like that. Mm -hmm. But, yeah. um, there also can be a lot of, you can also develop a lot of strength and a lot of, um, tone in that area and not just, muscle tone per se, but sort of energetic tone and, um, yeah. the ability to sort of, uh, bounce back, you know, and, uh, and things like that. That's where the, the vagus nerves runs through that same area as well. And I think that's kind of part of it as well. Um, I definitely in recent years, I mean, it started with shiatsu school when I really had to start to pay attention to my core and my abdominal muscles, because that's where all this work originates as a body worker like from when I say originates like when it comes from my body I need to lead with my hara I need to lead with my belly like I'm not it's not about my hands and my arms if you make the work about that you're gonna have repetitive strain injury after three years and oh, have yeah. to quit um but it's really just about like I move my whole body and I start with my torso I start with even deeper and lower than that what we call the dantian which is kind of this energetic center that's kind of right below and behind the belly button um, and as I started to develop that work, you know, I, it really made me realize like how underdeveloped all those muscles were and all my life I've had terrible balance and I kind of feel a little bit like, why didn't anyone tell me I could fix that? Like I always thought it was just sort of like you either have it or you don't like you're either a skateboarder or you're not or whatever that is with the, that balance and being able to hold yourself upright. And that's just something that, um, I, I, I never developed and, and I also was doing some work or doing some reading and research around the psoas muscle, which, um, is the muscle that is on one end, it connects to your spine and then the other it kind of crosses and connects to the top of your femur. So it's similar to gallbladder. It's like a muscle that actually connects the top half to the bottom half. Um, like it's kind yeah. of the only muscle, right? I think or that kind of crosses into those sort of those thresholds. Um, so. yeah. And it's like our deepest abdominal muscle, but also it kind of feels like our deepest low back muscle because it, of where it's situated. And, um, and as I was doing some, a lot of work with PTSD recovery and healing trauma and things like that, I definitely had psoas issues and it turned out I'm not alone. That's actually pretty common. In fact, yeah. I've had people like clients like have pulled psoas I've actually kind of had done that a little bit too, not 
not in a really intense way, but just more like in an achy way for a couple days. And it's really strange because it kind of feels like low back pain, like maybe you're sitting in a bad chair, but then it also is kind of weird and nauseating pain in that way because it is so like deep Mm -hmm. in the abdomen and things like that. So if you are someone who is, um, who's also working through unhealed trauma and or doing PTSD stuff, um, looking into developing your tone and being in touch with your, um, your abdomen is really powerful work. Um, and sometimes stuff comes out and that's totally normal as well. Um, and it's not permanent. Like, you know I mean? There was a while when I was like, Oh man, did I permit, am I permanently going to have a, like a, a tired, (laughs) tired so as, you know, (laughs) but, Mm -hmm. um, but there's all there, you can develop better senses of balance. And I still, I think on the outside, I think sometimes to see me, Uh, one time I went hiking with a friend and it was right after a rain. And so it was really muddy and it was really slippery. And they were kind of laughing because they're like, oh my gosh, you're falling. You're like falling so much, but I wasn't really falling. I was sliding. But what I noticed is internally is that like, I feel actually way more secure than I have in years past if I was doing this. And so even though my feet were sliding around, I never actually felt like I was out of balance per se. I felt Mm -hmm. very sort of like, in my body and and able to sort of move like let let my feet slide and not let that mm-hmm. completely upend my entire sense of balance and the gallbladder pl- pl- like pays into that plays into that excuse me because of those those side to side movements are so good like i really love my favorite thing to work on my balance is um a balance like a balance board or you can also use a i think it's called a bosu ball which is sort of like it's like a it looks like a yoga ball but it's been cut into thirds and it has a flat bottom and so it's kind of like a big squishy ball that you stand on and I started working with this because of an ankle injury so I was trying to strengthen up those balancing muscles those little all those little tiny muscles that happen after an injury that um, kind of go really soft and trying to build those back up and in the process I started to like incorporate um, like sort of qigong moves and things with like cultivating chi in my abs and things like that and focusing on my balance and whatnot and so now it's kind of just my favorite thing i could probably just like if all i had was a, a medicine ball and a balance board like i'm like i'm good that's the only exercise i need <laughs> you know um yeah. because it kind of gives you i wanted i wanted exercise that was not about like i'm really good at this one thing i wanted to have variability i wanted to be able to like bounce back from things and so i think um having good good gallbladder tone um energetically what that means is being able to make good decisions and state your decisions and then kind of move on to the next decision um but and so I was kind of reading about like, there's two different ways you can kind of go out of balance with your gallbladder meridian energetically wise. One is maybe that you're stuck and so you can't make decisions. So you're not making any decisions. You're the, the deer frozen in the headlights as the, the common metaphor. But then you can also have a gallbladder imbalance where you're more like the, the rabbit in the headlights. And so when a rabbit is in the headlights, it's, it just can't, it basically like darts left, darts right, darts left, darts right, darts left, you know? And so it doesn't mm. make the decision to just go right and run and get out of the road. It's basically so scared of the car, it's running left, right, left, right, left, right, but not actually getting out of the way of the car. <laughs> so right. um, so just thinking about like, if you, if you are having, if you're struggling with sort of a energetic or some sort of gallbladder Thing in your body and in your spirit it can kind of manifest in either one of those ways either you're not making decisions or you're making too many decisions 
and you kind of need to just like land on one and stick it and stay the course on that. Hmm. I like that. Um, what else about That's really good. I love your metaphors, <laughs> like how you come up with these things all the time. I might have stole the deer rabbit thing from Lonnie Jarrett. I'm going to be real. <laughs> <laughs> Because, oh my God. because I, you know, I think I mentioned him in another episode. I mentioned his book. He has this book called Nourishing Destiny that I, um, that I think I've referenced a couple times, and mm-hmm. I, and I have a feeling that might be where I got it from. So, even if it did, even if I got it, I'm just still gonna give credit to that book. Uh, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> no, for no other reason than simply, um, also, if I'm wrong, I don't want to get blamed. I'm not. I don't actually know the guy, and I'm not trying to sell his books. So. Right. I haven't even finished reading it, so I can't totally vouch for it. <laughs> it's going to take me 10 years. I'm reading it in small doses. So. Yeah, same. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, most of my, a lot of my big textbooks are kind of that way. Like, uh, I have an applied channel theory book that everyone was raving about. And I started, oh, I that one yeah, too. and I was like, they're like, you're going to love it. And I was like, I started reading it and I was like, I thought I was smart, but I, <laughs> I need to like really slow down and focus on this and yeah right but then i'm like that's what the rest of my life is for you know i think that we uh kind of like i was just saying with the decision making i see that a lot with uh, people who are in healing and healthcare professions they tend to kind of collect modalities and it's like you know so it's like they're trying to like do i want to be this type of healer or this type of healer and mm-hmm. and i don't think that's what they mean to be doing they're just trying to collect more tools in the toolbox but I think you can sort of end up being put being put in that place where you're spending all your time just learning the basics of a lot of tools rather than sticking to one tool and learning what you can do with it if you really kind of deep dive. Many, many years with many, many different types of clients. Hello, what you're talking about this so as too with like working with trauma and stuff. And um, I find that that, is absolutely true i think the psoas is um the word psoas it comes from soul Hmm. i did not Um, know that yeah and so it's like it's also one of like the most powerful muscles in your body oh wow um i guess yeah it makes the most yeah up there probably yeah by the way it's spelled uh p-s-o-a-s and so as actually is is the fur the full is like so so as ellipse <laughs> so as ellipsis or something yeah. it's so as iliac something like something it's about it's about the basically the two points that so it connects your hip yeah. to your back so sometimes you'll see that full word but so as i think has taken off so sorry to interrupt what you were talking about so as the strongest muscle in the body. The Hulk of the, <laughs> the body. The Hulk of the body. <laughs> oh. That metaphor is, I cannot blame that metaphor on Lonnie Jarrett. <laughs> no, you could try, though. It's somewhere in that book. I think it's page 381 of Nourishing <laughs> Destiny. <laughs> uh, I think Lonnie Jarrett would be so happy about how much we're promoting that Oh goodness. Um, okay. There's some amazing stretches for this OS too. Oh, you can find yes. on YouTube. What are some what are, are there any that you like that you can describe for our podcast listeners? Yeah. Um, there's one that I really, really like because I have had issues with my low back and um, also kind of just you know, even just 
functionally, like with our posture, when we sit at desks, perhaps for your job, um, I don't, but I used to. And so I know about this. And also just because it's really powerful for helping with low back pain is, um, so as stretching is really important and you can find it on YouTube videos. I do one that I found from a YouTube video, which has been really good for me because I'm not necessarily one of those people who likes to do that one yoga stretch thing. Is it, is it the Cobra pose where you kind of come up or is there a different one? There's like a, I think it's called like mountain something. I don't know. I'm not a yoga person, but <laughs> neither am I. Sorry, sorry, yoga people. Yeah, we sorry. love, we love you. We just don't know the language. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just don't know. Uh, but there's basically what I do is I lay down on the ground and then I pull my legs up into, I lay it down on my back on the ground. I pull my legs up and, until my feet are flat on the floor mm-hmm. and then I drop my knees to one side or the other. So oh, let's say that yeah. I drop it Windshield to the wipers. left. That's what I call yes. that move. Yes. So I just drop them to the left. And then what I do is I locate between where my belly button is and my hip bone, the front of my hip bone. You can feel it like kind of, it's like the line that goes into your groin. If you go up to your side, you'll feel like a little bony protuberance down in there. You just locate that and then halfway between your belly button and that bony little area will be kind of like the the side of your erector uh, abdominus like muscle mm-hmm. basically. And so if you take your fingers and you have you still have your legs turned to the side, um, you take your hand kind of like you're gonna, uh, like, like push, point your fingers down into that muscle and you just push down towards the floor. And what you're going to feel eventually is you're going to feel something deep and uncomfortable and hard down there. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to run and do this exercise right away. <laughs> it sounds terrible. <laughs> it's horrible. Because you're basically touching your psoas. <laughs> right, it's real deep in there. <laughs> it's real deep in there. Right. And it's going to be like kind of difficult to get in there. But once you get in there, you just breathe through it. And you basically just count to 60 because you're going to be doing 60 seconds of holding. And then you release. And then you flip your legs the other way and do and it do on the other, other side. side. Yeah. You can do like, and you can also start with a really gentle version of this. And like, so <laughs> just to FYI, no, just go in. <laughs> <laughs> and I say that because like, I know someone who was like, I need to work on psoas development. And they went to a Pilates class and then they end up like pulling their oh, psoas no. in a Pilates class. So if you go to Pilates, be sure they're in trauma informed. But like when you go, <laughs> that's a warning. I mean, like it's, I mean, it, it's intense. I've been to Pilates and it is like, I kind of loved it, but it also, it made it like put me in touch with my abdominal muscles in a totally different way. And then I kind of was like compulsively clenching them in this way for like three days oh. after, like in this way that I was huh. like, I'm really sore, but I can't stop doing this exercise. <laughs> and so it's oh. the one where they talk about, thinking of your abdominal muscles as like suspenders. And if you're trying to imagine like tightening up your suspenders so that you're lifting your waist up a little bit. So like Mm -hmm. clenching those abdominal muscles and thinking of the muscles as controlling the suspenders. That was the one that Mm -hmm. I got a little like obsessed with doing. And then I was like, I can't stop. It's so sore, but I can't stop. But so (laughs) if you are, so like you were talking about doing this, so you're laying on your back, you have your knees up. Um, 
what I would do is like, um, if you're if you're gonna start pushing your knees to the left, I would take my right arm and put it out, like so, put it like away from my body, so you're making like a T, so you're stretching your right arm out, and then I would take my left hand and put it just to the right side of my belly button, so that sort of kind of that point that Billy was talking about. But I would sort of use my whole hand. Now on my body, that's a little bit. I have a little bit of a belly, and so I kind of like to support it just a little bit with that hand. And then I, you know, then you start to put, um, move your knees down to the ground, and and do that same thing where you can you can either push down, or you can almost just kind of support the muscle as it goes. So I think it's it might be good as you're tilting your legs down to really just sort of feel the muscles moving underneath. Cause like I was saying before, we don't, we're scared of our bellies. We don't always touch our bellies. There's a lot of things going on in there. So that way you start to get a feel for like, okay, that's that's skin I'm touching. That's fat I'm touching. That's muscle I'm touching. That maybe is intestines I'm touching. Like you start to get a feel for some of your organs and things like that. Mm. Um, and then like there's magical stuff there. Like, don't be scared. Like, don't be scared of those beautiful lipids and that wonderful fat in your body and that amazing um, stretching skin and those soft muscles that aren't, you know, weird loaves of bread looking like, you know, those six pack abs, abs that actually mm-hmm. kind of look like a tray of rolls. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, <laughs> Hawaiian rolls. Yeah, totally. <laughs> like, frankly, I was all like, I think those might be more fun to touch. I think Hawaiian roll abs would be more fun to touch than, right? than the hard ones. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, like the thing is, is that I actually have developed pretty str- a lot, you know, stronger core muscles um, in the past few years for a lot of different reasons. Um, and, you know, and I still have a belly and that's OK. And it's, I, you know, mm-hmm. it's OK to have that that you can have you can find strength. You can have both strength and softness in your body. And in fact, it's actually probably best to have both because then you're sort of really flexible for any sort of situation. Accommodate whether you're stuck in the desert and you have to <laughs> live off of your head <laughs> or, or you have to climb up off of a cliff. Okay. So let me tell you, I do this, I do this, I do an ab exercise. That's the, where you kind of, um, you know, those pieces of equipment in the gym that you can use, uh, it's like a pull-up bar, but it also has the sort of, um, halfway up bar. So you can kind of like pull yourself up on your elbows and so then you're lifting your knees up to your chest that move Mm -hmm. that's what I love to do so I love that move Mm. where I'm kind of holding myself up um and you have to you know you have to have pretty good shoulder and back you know straight muscles to be able to support your whole body weight and then I pull my knees up to my chest and I kind of do eight to ten and then I rest and then so that's that's what at working up to that has was been kind of part of my process and whenever I'm doing that exercise that's what I'm thinking about is I'm thinking about whenever people are like hanging off of cliffs or hanging off of like the side of a building and they have to rescue themselves it's not your arms that are going to do it it's your it's your abs like it's you using all your muscles in the center of your body pulling yourself up and using and then pulling your legs up it's not actually all the strength in your arms so that's why you know if you like to add a little bit of like action movie adventure or survival mechanism games to your workout routines like some of us do that's that's what i always think of is like i gotta work my climbing up off of a cliff muscles (laughs) that's amazing (laughs) i can't even do like two of those because my back is so tight oh interesting it just doesn't allow my legs to really kick up that high so i think that's like that's that's really actually 
good i'm, I'm gonna think about think about looking that at yeah doing that yeah i like that a lot i use that same equipment too for for hanging like i don't i can't do a pull-up to save my like if i had to actually do a, a full pull-up I, I could not but i like to stretch my arms and i like to stretch my pecs and i like to stretch my shoulders and we don't hang very often and we especially so don't hang very often if we're not in the we're not young kids we're not super athletes we're not yep. hanging out on the playground so it's yeah. just a movement we don't do. So, you know, you can even do it around your house. I like to do it in door frames. Like I like to sort of mm. stop in door frames and I put my hands up either like directly above my head or to the side. And then I find my center and then I might lean forward a little bit to kind of bring a little mm. bit of a stretch into it and things like that. Um, and then I always like to do twists side to side, bringing it back to the gallbladder. So even any exercise that you can kind of do, um, you know, up and down, you can also sometimes do like versions where like even the one where I'm pulling my knees up to the chest, I might sort of twist. So I'm pulling more my right knee up and then I twist and more my left knee up and things like that. And I mm -hmm. think that is really good to also make sure you're including in all your movement work, whether it's yoga, qigong, aerobics, weightlifting, moving around the house, like even just, you know, cleaning your house is physical labor and physical oh, yeah. movement. And if you are in touch with your body and what your body is doing and really present in what your body is doing, then it functions exactly the same as a workout. That's all a workout is. A workout is just moving your body and you're paying attention to what your body is doing so that you can adjust accordingly. Um, so there are a lot of people who go to the gym, but they're not doing that. They're kind of checked out. And that's a lot of times how injuries happen as well. Um, yeah. And I feel like with my clients, almost always with injuries, it's it's two movements that do it and and i don't mean there are two movements that do it i mean it's not like oh i bent over and came up it's always like i bent over and i turned like there's always sort of mm -hmm. like a double like you know so it's not just side to side or it's not up and down it's like they were kind of doing both and so something in that movement there was a yeah. weakness and they pulled something and so that's yeah. why because i noticed that so much in my work i was like how can i prevent this in myself hmm. and so that's mm -hmm. why i got really interested like once I, I started doing balancing exercises as part of my ankle therapy and then i kind of was really in, interested in that idea and kind of pulled it up into my whole body and so now i always have i always make sure i include like side to side sort of moves and twists moves you know like spine twists and you gotta you want you gotta be real easy like especially if you haven't done it in a while i don't want you to like go to the gym and start warming up and then you're like spinning back and forth and then you mess something up before you even start, you know, start going, oh, you get yeah. anywhere or whatever. So those twist moves are real. Like you can just start real slow, just like reaching your left arm all the way back, you know, behind your body and kind of stretch out your arms and just get it, get it, get it in that way and start to be aware of how the front of your body connects to the back of your body. I think we're not always um, sort of in touch of really how we're moving in time and space. I think we still think of ourselves as sort of like, brains operating a, a robot and the robot's just kind of like chugging along you know so, mm. um, um yeah um anything else with gallbladder that oh we haven't talked about the wood elements too much just in general yeah i did you know when you were talking about the wind which mm -hmm. is about basically pain moving you know when we're talking about these elements like, you know, when we were talking about spleen and stomach being of the earth element and kidney and bladder being of the water element, 
there's a reason why we talk about elements is because often these um, meridians kind of respond in the way that those elements do. So, you know, gallbladder, liver, they can become rigid and um, you know, the way that wind moves through the trees and then these things get dry, the trees get dry and they creak and maybe they crack and fall over or, you know, it's uh, a fire can go throughout the woods or things like that. That's, that's very much kind of what this whole imagery with the elements can work with, you know, the gallbladder and the liver. So each of like the liver and the gallbladder, they each tend towards certain disharmonies with their states and the gallbladder um, can tend to become like deficient um, and can tend to like get stagnation in it that becomes this kind of stagnant uh, dampness of inflammation that ends up kind of just staying there and then and then uh, you know can become kind of toxic to the body therefore you know we're talking about the inflamed gallbladder but also right. just in the channel itself right, you know, right. down the body it, you can have those kind of manifestations so uh, a lot of with our work is about dredging out some of that yeah. stuff and whenever I do any sort of movement stuff, any chi movement, qigong, or things like that, I love working. Um, I do a lot of like tapping on the sides of the gallbladder, or um, kind of like uh, what's the what's the what's the word when you just kind of rub back and forth really fast, like when you're starting a fire. I'm gonna do it with my like hands. Friction? Yeah, sort of. But just I'm like, is there a word for that gesture when you're just sort of rubbing back and forth vigorously a vigorous whatever quick quick a, a you know. vigorous rub. yeah so like i'll sort of do some tapping and some rubbing down the sides of my ribs and then down the sides of my legs and um and that's a really good way to kind of get invigorated like so what you were talking about to kind of get the energy moving again and kind of clear some of that stuff out of the channel so sometimes i do i like to do light tapping like i start at my head and do light tapping all the way down to the top and then sometimes i might do more of a like warming it up so weird that my my brain is like how do how do you just like i'm just sitting here doing the gesture over and over going into the microphone as if that's gonna somehow make <laughs> make it verbalize <laughs> i can feel it i have a feeling y'all know what i'm talking about and i'm making too big of a deal <laughs> so the wood um in the element cycle like we talked about the water sort of i, I like to think of it as the beginning of the cycle the water you know because feeds the wood and the wood grows up and then the wood dries out and it leads to fire and the fire bursts down to ash. So we talked about that sort of cycle. So wood energy is about growing. It's about new things. Like the wood time of year is spring because like that's when new green comes out. That's when like, you know, Billy referenced the plants, the trees like getting really tall and things like that. And so because wood, wood starts more damp and ends more dry, um, it has sort of both elements and balance depending on the season. And so in order to kind of maintain that flexibility, it has to be able to sort of move in the wind. So flex, so wood, wood types tend to be pretty flexible people. They're not quite as rigid as maybe what, you know, some people would think of as, as metal types. So metal, metal's more about kind of like planning and making a plan and being a little bit more concrete. And then wood can just be more a little bit like I'm busting out, like all my energy is coming out, <laughs> like it's time to go, it's out. time to make these decisions, it's time to start it on this thing. And so the time of day for the gallbladder is um, 11 p.m. to 1 a.m., 
which coincides with a lot of people, um, especially folks who are night owls, that's when you get that second wind. Um, and I'm a little bit this way too. Like I feel like I either need to kind of start to go to bed and wind down right at 11 or I'm kind of up until almost one o'clock. Like it's like I either have to kind of get mm. to bed before that window starts or I just have to be resigned to the fact that I'm going to make use of it and stay up and work on some stuff or whatever. Um, and it's usually not like my best work because it's the end of the day, <laughs> but it often will be creative work. It might be when I'm sort of like working on making music and stuff like that in the middle of the night. Um, so a lot of times I, when I think about people who talk about being night owls, not night owls or being the most productive in the evening, then that probably means that they have sort of a constitutional or predisposition to like strong gallbladder energy that comes up at that time of day. Hmm. Yeah. Um, are there any herbs for the gallbladder? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess kind of. So... I was like, damn, you're making your theme song so sad. It's like, when's my time to shine? So when we edit it in post, can you like play the song and then it'd be a Billy Seacourt and then I go, no, no. And then I'm going to go, wah, wah. <laughs> uh, Perfect. <laughs> yeah. So I guess for, for, you know, I think one of the things that I've been thinking a lot about recently is there's this formula that I use a lot called Long Don Shigantong, which is basically, um, it has a bunch of different herbs for what we would call like damp heat in the gallbladder, which is basically like inflammation in the gallbladder channel. And some of the ways that that can appear according to our medicine are things like, um, herpes like herpes zoster so you can have like even oral herpes or shingles or um we would consider like based on the location of those things to be gallbladder gotcha. um and so one of the one of the herbs that's used in it is gentian which we all know from back in the day, or maybe we don't, but like gentian violet. <laughs> oh, I gentian know. Gentian violet. I don't. You know that one? I mean, it sounds kind of familiar, but I didn't know where you're, where you're going with it. So it's spelled G-E-N-T-I-N. Yeah, gen -G -E gen -G Wait, T-I-E-N-N? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. T-I-A-N, yeah. Uh, gentian. So g gentian violet is like this, you know, when you have like a cold sore, you used to put it on the cold sore. Ah, okay. And it was violet. Uh, so anyway, I'm sure that you're able to find like gentian things out in the world herbally at, at any um, corner. But those are something that that's like a, at your local at herbal corner. bodega. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Your, Some places kind of are. They're almost there, to be honest. <laughs> you know, honestly, and I live in California, so it's like it's very common that some things that I think would be uncommon to find all of a sudden you're like, oh, wow, um, this place has gentian. Um, right. Like, right, how yeah. does anybody know about this? But it's definitely something to look into and see if it would be appropriate for whatever, you know, you have going on. Um the diagnostic, the way that we diagnose in, in herbal medicine, it's not exactly so much like, oh, you have this problem, just do this. 
sometimes there's complex things that are happening. But I think if you do have concern about, you know, what we've been talking about today, oh, I do feel like something's off with my gallbladder channel, <laughs> you know, and you want to go in a certain direction, look up gentian. I think that it's a nice, you know, a, a way to learn herbs is to look at one herb and really kind of spend your time and learn about that and what it can do. Yeah. And I think gentian would be a nice way to start your herbal um, learning for gallbladder stuff. Yeah. Cause it's sort of, uh, it's one of the deeper organs and sort of like, I feel like the deeper you go in the, in the body, the more kind of complicated the pattern sort of plays out. And so it is like you were saying, yeah. we can't sort of make the same recommendations like, you know, with, with lung stuff, because it's sort of related to maybe just like surface cold and flu or, or general breathing health, like. I think we have we have a few more things that are we can sort of just generally throw out as suggestions but like you were saying like gallbladder is a little bit different but that also means you don't have to worry about a gallbladder flush like if you see a lot of stuff right. for like cleanses totally. and flushes and things like that um i i'm not i mean obviously some people have maybe had some individual good results and that's fine but i've never seen i've never noticed any sort of trend or i haven't really read anything that really inspired a lot of confidence in like recommending that I mean, I know I did have one teacher that said that, um, you know, it, it could be useful for your body to take a break from eating fat like once a day. I mean, not once a day, once a week or once a month or something. So maybe you just have 24 hours where you consume like no fat at all um, because then your body kind of gets to take a break and it doesn't have to, you know, work so hard. But to be honest, you know, I don't I don't know. I mean, that might be something that your constitution does well with or that if you have a lot of family members that have had gallbladder removal and it's making you feel kind of concerned that you're that you're next and that your gallbladder is coming for you next, um, that, you know, it, it, you might want it, it might be something you want to consider because it'll make you feel better and make you feel a little bit more secure and in touch with what's going on in your body and things like that. But um I haven't necessarily seen it to be this like thing that I would ever recommend to anyone, you know, if that makes sense. You know what I realized we forgot is that the gallbladder is a curious organ. Oh, say more. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's the queerest organ in your body. Um, uh, I don't know. You know, according to like Chinese medicine, it's known as the curious organ. The curious organ. Well, yeah. I wonder if it's cause you know, like I was, we were kind of talking about how it's, you know, it stands alone. It's kind of unique in that sense. It's a yang organ, but it stores something, right? So it has yin characteristics within a yang organ. Um, mm -hmm. It's kind of has that like connecting different sides of the body and things like that, connecting the deeper parts of the body with the shallow parts and whatnot. So oh, we'll have to, man, the gallbladder, let's, let's put on our flag. <laughs> like the, yeah. gall, the gallbladder, That's what I'm saying. the gallbladder and the Babadook <laughs> are queer culture. <laughs> And, and hydration. Hydration. And hydration. The Babadook oh, yeah. and gallbladder are all gay and you can't have them. They're ours. <laughs> yeah. I'm so into that. You can borrow hydration, but you can't have it. <laughs> yeah. I think that's where my gallbladder went was to the queer. To the queer got sacrificed queer, to the queer yes. altar. Yes. <laughs> totally. Oh my gosh. I think it's at a club right now. <laughs> <laughs> Dancing with a shirt off. <laughs> <laughs> Sipping on a cocktail with a real tiny long straw. <laughs> totally. 
Oh, your gallbladder seems so happy. I'm glad that. Oh, <laughs> I'm glad that. And so curious. I'm glad it's moved on. It's it's yeah. It's curious. It's it's. it's you know what? I love that we really worked on my gallbladder healing. <laughs> Not me healing from losing my gallbladder, but my gallbladder has really found a life of its own just in the course of this podcast. Yeah. Well, you know what? Your gallbladder is your ancestor now right i mean <laughs> like, i'm not even <laughs> oh, i'm not even trying to be insulting i apologize if anyone's insulting like that i take ancestors very seriously but like why not me. i mean why not <laughs> like what's what's the spirit that's in like <laughs> Yeah, the office of the gall- the official, the gallbladder official, has left the building. <laughs> oh my god. Acupuncture jokes. That was great. <laughs> I know, our listeners are like, huh? Hire us for your acupuncturist conference. Totally. <laughs> we'll come do the podcast live. <laughs> We're ahead. That's right. <laughs> At least to ourselves. And to the wonderful people who listen to us. Um mm, I think I just We appreciate you. Yes. I think I um I, I checked the stats and I was excited to see that we have listeners in the UK and a couple different other countries in Europe that um I'm hoping are maybe the my fellow Shiatsu community, because I know there's a lot more Shiatsu folks in Europe, so um, it's really exciting to be connecting with people who are into this type of medicine all over the world. Um, if you would like to keep in contact with us between episodes, uh, Billy is on Instagram. I'm on Instagram. You can go to healingwithraymondandbilly.com and get all mm-hmm. of our info there. There's That's like where it's at. Email address. You can check out past um episodes all the transcripts are there as well so if you know someone who might be interested in the podcast but they're not really a podcast person send them to the website because then they can just read our episodes mm-hmm. um okay so gallbladder down next episode is the other half of the wood element liver liver is a big one we're gonna talk oh, it's, yeah. gonna, it's gonna be like a four hour episode Oh, wow. Just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, you're going to be talking a long time. (laughs) Billy's like, I got 20 minutes tops of material. (laughs) But I do feel like liver plays a lot, a big part. So Mm -hmm. there will be um, some good fun stuff to dig into. So until next time, thank you for listening. And um, I need a sign off. What should we sign off with, Billy? Um, Keep curious. Keep curious. I like that. <laughs> Keep two cute QTs keeping curious. <laughs> about keeping curious about QT health. <laughs> yes. K sounds are always good for comedy. <laughs> comedy. <laughs> Alright, my friend, thank you for talking to me. Thank you thank all for you. listening. See y'all next time. Bye.